Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Locker Room Talk Uncut. Drew Garrison, Chad Penrod in the locker room. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the uh, breaking news out of Cincinnati related to Andy Dalton. We're going to get into a preview of UFC 249, uh, talk about some of the biggest winners, biggest losers of the draft, and recap uh, how our teams drafted, the Bengals and the Browns. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll get to some questions from our listeners. I'm ready to go. Chad, what about you? Hey, I'm feeling good, man. Let's, uh, Let's get the party started. All right, well, let's start with the biggest news i think that broke today andy dalton after nine seasons in cincinnati has been released um now a free agent free to sign with any team that he chooses Uh, i know you got a pretty intense take on this you were going back and forth on twitter today um i personally as a Bengals fan i understand it i'm back time to go i'm back you know i've uh i've hailed to the Bengals for the past couple weeks you know i mean you know i've given you guys your uh, props and that's not taken away from the draft i think you guys drafted phenomenal you know it's just my take on this whole situation is this you could have had a third round pick he gets released for nothing the reason you keep him last year is because you say you want to do what's right by andy dalton you want him to be able to pick his team. Am I wrong? Is that That's the reason, right? I, I don't know that they wanted to release him to do right by him. I know that they said they wanted to do right by him and him have an input on where he go, where he went, whether that be a trade or not. Right. So to do right by him, not only did you fuck him, but now you've fucked your team. Uh, listen, well, he's, a- a- he's Andy Dalton, fucked. Andy Dalton, yes, he is. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly why. Here's what the Bengals did to Andy Dalton. You said you were going to put him in a good scenario. You didn't want to send him to a team where it was, you know, a fucking rebuild, where he was going to fall flat on his flat on his face, possibly be out of the league in a few years. So you say, hey, we're going to hold on to you. We're going to trade you to a team that you like. So pretty much what the Bengals was saying was, you know, if you don't want to go to, say, the Dolphins, say the Dolphins are the, the – he didn't want to go there because they're shit. Or right, shit. whoever, yeah. We're, we won't trade you there, you know. So – and from what we've been told and what we've heard, the Bears offered a th- as much as a third last year at the deadline. I didn't know they actually offered it. Yeah, so, I, th- oh, I said yeah. I thought that they probably would Oh, have. yes, yes, uh, yes. So word came out the Bears offered, I, I believe it was a third-round pick for Dalton last year at the deadline. See, I didn't know that because he got benched like three hours before. I never knew yeah. that Chicago had made any trade and, and see, and, the, and that's the problem. So – it was a it was a failed season. You knew he wasn't going to be back. You knew there was a real good chance that you were going to get one of these top quarterbacks. Now, don't get me wrong. At the time, you didn't know Joe Burrow was going to be Joe Burrow. That that's okay. But here's what here's here's what the here's what the Bengals did. Yeah, but they knew they'd be top five. Right. Exactly. They knew they'd be in a in a situation to get a quarterback. Right. So they but they did say, and you can clarify this. They said they wanted to do right by Andy Dalton. Correct. That's what they said. Yeah. That's what they said. So here's what here's they're doing right by Andy Dalton as of now. Not that it should uh, this should matter, but this is the Bengals, um, where we say they love their they love their guys. Sooner or later, Mike Brown has to start thinking of his team. Okay, he's got too much loyal to these teams. But here's what they say they did good by they did with Andy Dalton. So they didn't trade him. 
They didn't get him out of Cincinnati when he could have went to the Bears and he could compete for a starting job right now on the Chicago Bears. We agree with that, right? Well, not anymore because they got Foles, but beforehand, if, yeah. Beforehand, he last could have. Year, last yeah. year, he could have went. Yeah, Trubisky And he could sucks. be going to the season as the starting quarterback. Yeah. So they hold, not only, okay, so they hold him, they don't trade him. They don't even get themselves a third-round pick. Going into the following season, before the draft, I guarantee you could have got at least a sixth, seventh-round pick for him to a team that wasn't sure if they was, was going to take that quarterback. Maybe a Chargers, maybe the Bears before they got Foles. I I mean, that details on that will come out. I'm not going to hold them responsible for that. The Foles thing happened pretty quick when the league year started. I don't know. I don't think it happened too quick. I, and I, I just wonder, I wonder, they gave up a fourth for Foles. Right. Okay, so now what do you do to Andy Dalton? Every team, the draft has already went. Every team that wants a quarterback, outside of a few, took their quarterback. Now the Bengals fucked themselves. They get nothing out of Andy Dalton. And as we just said, they could have got a third last year. So they fucked themselves. And now Andy Dalton, has he's going to find a home, but he might be a backup. There's there's word he might go to Pittsburgh and back up Ben and then come in when Ben's done. Who the hell said that? That that was literally on NFL Network before I got here. There's Dude. word Dalton could go to the, go to the Steelers. That's my, that's my thing right there, man. Mike Brown, whoever's running this fucking team, man, you've drafted well, but when you got when it comes to trading, you guys suck. There is no reason you should not have taken a third. For Andy Dalton and rode out last season with Ryan Lindley. That's what should have happened. Leave Ryan Finley alone, man. Or Finley, Lindley, whatever. <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. No, he I, sucks. But you guys suck. You still got the first overall pick. You were still the worst team last year. Don't get me wrong. You should have taken Joe Burrow. Yes, you should have taken him. But the Bengals dicked Andy Dalton. I, I don't understand waiting until now to, to even release him, okay? If you fucked up the trade, that, that's honestly— Well, because you don't want to pay him $17 million. Well, I'm saying why not do it before the draft? Exactly. I, that, I, that works for him and for you. I don't—that's th- the first I've heard in however long it's been that the Bears actually made a concrete Bear, offer. I hadn't seen that The Bears made anywhere. the offer. It was, it, was, it was on NFL Network that said the Bears offered a third last year for Dalton. So, I mean, I, I've been in the camp that they should have traded him last year before the deadline i think taylor probably knew he was going to bench him long com- before he made it public which was what like i think this comes deadline. down to and check me if i'm wrong here if you don't think this is the same way he wanted to win his his first game that bad he didn't want to go 0 16 he knew and i believe Bengals fans know deep down ryan finley if he's the starter they're not because he played bad Oh yeah, no, I I firmly believe oh, that. Oh, and 16's a big possibility right I there, and they wanted no that. part of I, it. I absolutely believe that. But at that point, I mean, you still win two games, whatever. You still get the first pack, but at that point, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. You're right. I think that they knew at that point in the season they were probably a top five drafting team. So they had been looking at they had been looking at Burrow at that point because he had started his tear. They had been looking at Tua. I'm sure as everybody was, yeah. they probably knew a good amount about Herbert. They knew they were going to be in position to get a right. quarterback yeah. for sure. Yeah, and see, and, and and that's just my thing, man. So here's here's the thing. Here's what I think ends up with Cincinnati. And I told you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat that horn. You guys drafted well. I give you guys an A as far as drafting. Um, just trading, man. Now there's this possibility. You got T. Higgins. What about next year? You lose AJ Green because you franchise tag AJ Green next year. 
you're talking upwards towards $20 million. I don't think they're doing that. I, that, that, I think they're very confident internally that they're going to re-sign A.J. to like a three-year deal. But who knows if A.J. wants that? It, it appeared to I mean, me like A.J. almost wanted out. So I never but, got that feeling because of what he said, but you say one thing, what you want's another because he's a he – Here's my thing. Here, here's my thing. If they happen to lose Dalton for nothing and they lose A.J. Green for nothing, that's awful. That's that's terrible, man, because you had them right there last year where you could have just built through this draft. Yeah, but teams teams lose guys like that all the time in free agency. They, they lose top receivers in free agency all the time. The Dalton things, they they, they could trade up. A.J. Green right now and get a second. Probably. I mean, if he yeah, was you just took T. Higgins. That. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just at well, this point, I would keep AJ. At this point, I would. Well, yeah, you're this far into yeah, it. I mean, you franchise tagged him. Maybe he gets this connection with Burrow, and he wants to, he does want to uh, sign long term. At this point, I would keep him. You know, unless he pulls like a Le'Veon Bell where he don't need the money. You know, I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think he would because he said he's going to play. What is it, seventeen million? Uh, it's like seventeen point five or something yeah, like that. He's so, not doing anything voluntary, though. He said. I just, to me, I have a big problem. If I'm a Bengals fan, I have a big problem with how that, sh- how that, how this just turned out. Never in my mind would I have thought Andy Dalton would have gone for nothing. I, that's what I thought, really, because I just don't see that there was. I just don't. There were so many quarterbacks on the market this year, and the Chargers have been pretty like firm uh that they're going to run with Tyrod Taylor I guess now maybe Justin Herbert but even before the draft they said Tyrod's going to be our guy next year you know maybe it changes now with Herbert so I I just don't know that there was a big enough market for them to really get anything for him I know they called New England New England had no interest I, I bet he signs there I, I, for bet free he go, now. I bet he goes to New England New England or Jacksonville yeah, I, I, yeah I'm with you I think those are the two teams but I don't think Billichick but I, giving up anything I bet you I bet exactly I bet you this just plays right out in the Belichick's hands absolutely and, because listen I've I've said numerous times that Andy Dalton I've told you to your face to Bengals he's just not the guy. He wasn't the guy, but listen. If Andy Dalton can go to a place and you you've said this numerous times. This always comes out of your mouth. You've said if you can give Andy Dalton the right protection. So if you can go to New England and get that protection, maybe get him a few playmakers. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's he's average. I mean, he like his best year I think was 2015 before he got got hurt. But yeah, what Andy Dalton needs is phenomenal protection, which New England didn't give Brady last year. But he needs great protection. He needs three to four solid weapons like the the AJ Green, Muhammad Sanu had a good year, Marvin Jones was healthy that year, Tyler Eifert stayed pretty healthy that year for the most part, I think. Um, and a good running game that, right. that they had when Jeremy before Jeremy Hill turned into a fucking idiot. If you ever hear this, Jeremy, I fucking hate you. Um, and, and I'm so, not going to sit here and go on record and say Andy Dalton's going to. And I've I've seen it numerous times, dude. I've seen it from. Oh my god, there's this guy on Facebook. I seen him and he said, "I guarantee Andy Dalton wins a Super Bowl with the Patriots." Like, dude, come on. No, I don't guarantee that at all because he's had he's had rosters better than what he. I mean, the way the roster sits today. If he walks into New England, he's had three or two or three maybe better rosters in Cincinnati than that, and he didn't win with them. Oh, by God, he's right. If he would stay in, say they didn't go after Burrow, Cincinnati's a better spot right now than for the Patriots. They don't have anything. Yeah, I mean they, they're excited about Marquise Lee, who they 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and now T Higgins and yeah, John Ross. Joe Mixon's there. Yeah, Joe. I mean, we're talking about some talent there for Burrow and. But let's not act like Andy Dalton's never had that kind of talent. Oh, he's had plenty of he's talent. He's had plenty of he talent. He was there in the Whitworth-Zeitler days. Right, where he had a line and yeah. he had weapons. And Jeremy Hill was running. You know, he had that one real good season and another decent season. He's had plenty of help. And and I, I'm about three years removed from being a very hardcore Andy Dalton defender. I really, really tried to defend him for a long time. It's your team. You can't help to but do it. Now there were, and there are a few of those playoff games where the defense gave up fucking six hundred yards, and it was just terrible. So a lot of that, I think, it, it, it attributes a lot to Marvin Lewis not having his team up and ready for those games. And it, I mean, we went to the the playoff game against the Chargers in two thousand thirteen in the snow, and he just was fumbling the ball when he was diving, and it was just bad. And then you had, you know, the the one playoff game. The, there's two playoff games I really give him a pass. His his rookie year because he's yeah, a rookie, rookie, and that one year in 14 when I went to Indy, man, and his number one receiver was backup running back Rex Burkhead. Like Green was out, Marvin Jones was out, Sanu was out, Jermaine Gresham was out. So he gets a, a pass there. But the fact of the matter is, he was the right guy because Carson Palmer just said, "Fuck you guys, I'm out." I and knew. there's a lot behind the scenes there. We won't go into that. We've talked about the, it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there, there's some behind the scenes there of why Carson did that. Well, yeah, and I, and I think they've answered some of that, you know, with at least how they've drafted this offseason or in the free agency. But I, he came into a weird situation of there was a lockout. You know, he's filling the shoes of Palmer, who was the franchise quarterback for years before that. Um I knew Blaine Gabbert sucked forever, so they didn't. They took AJ at four. They got Andy in the second round. He came in, went nine and seven, went to the playoffs. I think for his first three or four years, his win total went up by one each year. That's cool. He did a good enough job. He's a game manager, an average guy. He doesn't have any elite talent. He doesn't have the elite touch. He doesn't have the elite arm. He doesn't have the elite pre-snap reads. He doesn't have the elite po- pocket presence. But. Uh, I, I've wanted him gone, and I've probably said shit about him on like Facebook or Twitter in the moment during a game when he did something stupid. But to, like, I'm not mad at Andy Dalton. I'm just they waited too long to move on. But yeah. it's like okay, it was time. And if he goes to New England and does well, I'll be happy for him. I'll root for him pretty much wherever he goes, unless it's to Pittsburgh. Just because you know he's a he's been a great dude in the locker room, a great dude in the city. His foundation with him and his wife has done wonders for people down there. Uh, pay people's medical bills, this, that, and the other. They're they're great people. He seems like a real good dad. You know, he's a he's a pretty Christian dude, so he seems to be on the straight and narrow. So there's nothing to be mad at him for, I guess. Now, no, time was just up. It's like with time's Mar- been up for yeah, probably it's, it's two years. It's the same years. thing with Marvin, man. Like you know, times he was. Uh, I said a lot about Marvin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about me with Andy Dalton, and I was talking with a guy earlier, um, actually on the radio, and we were talking and. He he brought up you know would you take him over Jimmy Garoppolo and he was like you know I would take Jimmy That's a good question he, he said I would take he said I would take Andy Dalton over Jimmy Garoppolo dude and I and, and it almost froze me because I don't think that that's even close um and and for the reason we love Tom Brady the biggest moments the primetime games when the lights are on the playoffs Andy Dalton disappears. Yeah, yeah, the, dude, that 2014 Thursday night game against the Browns we went to, his passer rating was like two. Yeah. One of the worst things I've ever seen. I was ready to leave in like the third quarter, but I didn't have the car keys. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold as fuck. Yeah, uh, 
and that that's just what it is, man. He's a, he's a guy that can he's proven to get you there, but he's not going to get you past there. And right. And I've there's a certain guy that has been really really down on my Facebook. Gordon, I hope you hear this, buddy. Sam Burroughs, you know, not good. He had a one year, blah 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 blah. For better or for worse, whether Dalton or Burrow comes in better or worse than Dalton, it was time to do something else. Oh, absolutely. It was time it, to it, do something. Time was new. up, man. Uh, and not to shit on the Browns, but I'm not a guy to cycle through your quarterback every year or two because it didn't work. But I mean, we got uh, nine uh, years I, on this guy. I think if you know, I think I think Andy Dalton did enough to not make you want a quarterback. But also won a quarterback at a, at the same time. Yeah, having Andy Dalton, average. If I was to rank Andy Dalton right now, he would be somewhere between like sixteen to nineteen, probably in in my best quarterbacks. Which there's thirty two NFL teams, so you know maybe I mean that's with that just off the top of my head. Um, you know, we're different Browns fans. We go through the Johnny Manziel's who are one year guys, and you know the fucking. Guys, the guys we get as veterans that that just are supposed to be stopping gaps. I mean, so no, man, this is this is a completely different scenario here. So Andy Dalton's time was up when Marvin Lewis's time was up, um, and that that's just that's just kind of what it is to me, man. I I think he's a serviceable. I think I think the Pats are the best place for him. I think there with Josh McDaniels now. Who knows if Josh McDaniels will be there next year? Probably not. I think next year is when he gets back into the head coaching gig. Um, I do like him going down there with Jacksonville, but in a, then also in a sense, I don't. He's a backup in Jacksonville. Well, I, I just don't want to see the pressure behind Gardner Minshew. I would rather Gardner Minshew just know it's his team, right? And give him that confidence. He's a young guy, um, you know. So I think we're the. Andy Dalton, where he's the, the the football guy, like you said, the family guy, and I, I just think the Pats are yeah, the spot, the spot for Andy Dalton. Um, you know, and and and, hard, and it's hard telling what they're going to do there. But Belichick might not look there if he's got his eyes on uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. I just, I still think it's it's very hard to get Belichick in on a t- on a tank, man. Yeah, but, I do too. Uh, just because of how he's wired. But on the other end of this. This leaves the Bengals in a situation that we were. T- I was telling you earlier. They got to get a veteran backup. Ryan Finley can't be Burrow's backup. Yeah, I mean, then you go down the. I'd have to see who's you, out there. I mean, yeah, I don't know who's out there. I'm uh, the Browns backup last year. Um, was it Ryan? No, no. Who is who was the Brown? Oh, oh, Drew Stanton. Dude, Drew Stanton, like Drew Stanton is great with with uh, with quarterbacks, man. But the guy that I love the most, and I, I I believe he hung up the cleats, but. I would pay him just to come in for a year or two and and back up he's a great backup and and really just just drop his football knowledge on my rookie quarterback and that is Josh McCown. I think he's still on Phil's I roster. I love Josh McCown. Dude, dude. he's like 41 though. <laughs> dude, but you don't you you don't expect him to you know come right. in and want to play. I just want his knowledge, his knowledge when he was with the Browns there with Johnny Johnny said he's brilliant, dude. Said he just breaks down everything from films to. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, so I just, I, I just think that I would want Josh McCown as a quarterbacks coach. I just think Josh McCown is great, man. Uh, you know, I like I said, I don't know if he's. I think I thought he hung up his cleats. I thought he, you know, had a little get there. You don't want to bring in no Cam Newtons, obviously. Cam's no. Cam's looking to start. I still to this day, even though the Broncos are going with Drew Locke, I would love to see. Cam Newton and the Broncos. I thought I think they would be great with Melvin Gordon. And then, dude, we'll get into it later. But God, man, the Broncos drafted so good. Yeah, they did. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I'd have to like look. I like McCown. I like Drew Stanton. Um, but yeah, get a get a veteran backup to to teach him the ropes. You know, right? Because you don't expect him to play the the quarter. You know, and honestly, I was I was wondering were they going to keep Dalton at a pay cut in order to maybe give Burrow some time? But they're throwing him into the fire now, and I think that that kind of that's kind of how the game's going now is kind of throwing them out. So I mean. Throwing them into the fire is one thing. I think people are excited to get to the new, um, the new, uh, I guess, era, time, or whatever you would want to call it. Um, so you know, and they they better protect him. We'll get into that a little bit more in the uh, the 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 draft breakdown when we kind of talk a little bit more specifically about our teams. But um, let's transition a little bit into kind of a draft recap uh, and get into maybe the biggest winners and losers. You kind of precluded to uh somebody that you were going to talk about um but man one of my biggest winners looking at the picks dallas wow you want to talk about steals the entire draft and you know the funny thing about that is we wondered what jerry jones would be doing with sitting in a room all by himself he had like the the russian hookers they were just off the screen i know it (laughs) but man uh, cd lamb at 17 uh, i think he's gonna be great trayvon diggs uh, on the second at pick 51 and then the one that really set it over the top for me, man, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, round three, pick 82. Yeah, so just to kind of hit off of that, um, yeah, I mean, round one you're sitting there and you're at 17. And in my opinion, I think in your opinion too, the the best wide receiver in the draft is sitting there. And you want to talk about an absolute game changer, dude, C.D. Lamb just falls right into Dallas's lap and Jerry can't help himself. Dude, we were watching and if you <laughs> if you watched our live draft coverage, thank you to anybody that did by the way. We were saying that, man, Jerry was sitting there and that shiny toy was in front of him. Yeah, and you can't blame him. I mean, I you have to wonder if maybe he's wondering about paying Amari Cooper now. I, or you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's like, "Damn, now I got two wide receivers." The only thing that worries me about that is uh Michael Gallup was, is really good with Dak. Uh, he stretches the field for him. But, I mean, not not to say you don't want to take the best players, um, which and another thing with C.D. Lamb, I just seen that he 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 chose number eighty eight. He's going to wear Michael Irvin and Des Bryant's number, and eighty eight's been big in yeah. Dallas for he wanted, years. He wanted ten, but for some reason couldn't get it. So eighty eight, that is a big deal. Yeah, in Dallas. yeah. So the but here's what gets me. Here's what gets me. And and word came out a few days ago, and this is what just put their draft over the top for me. Um, as you said that. Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama, is still in the clock at 51. And Jerry Jones, they say Jerry Jones had a moment because he wasn't sure. It was between Trayvon Diggs and another guy. And I'm sitting there, you know, it made me wonder, I wonder who's the other guy. Well, the other guy is uh, uh, Neville Gallimore, the defensive uh, tackle from Oklahoma. Oh, so wow. Jerry's sitting there choosing, do I want uh, Diggs or Gallimore here at 51? And he takes Diggs. 31 picks later, he picks up his guy, Gallimore. Holy shit. And you want, there's, there was a few, there was four or five defensive tackles in the draft that you wanted, and Gallimore was one. And then you combine that with, you know, the cornerback out of Alabama, Trayvon Diggs, and Man, the Cowboys just fucking murdered this draft, dude. I think Jerry was probably real fucked up on scotch. Like, yeah, like Gallup so, Moore's still there. Somebody, <laughs> somebody had to have been sending in picks for him. 
Oh, dude, for sure. <laughs> he was off. He he wasn't doing that shit by himself. Jerry just likes that shine. But he was Gallimore still there? Yeah, man. Um, I my knock on them though is I still think Dak Prescott sucks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving Dak Prescott twenty million. I mean, now, I mean, now, hey, cut him. We'll give you Andy. <laughs> well, you don't have to give him shit. They can just sign him. Oh yeah, fuck. Uh, this, you <laughs> know, so for too long. Yeah, I think Dallas just. Just, just demolish the draft, man. A plus to Dallas, um, and me, me and you, and, and you know, and Austin, and a couple of us that talk every day. We like to, we we listen to a lot of pro football focus, and the reason oh, we listen to pro football focus is, pro football focus breaks down every play from every player, and then they grade them. So, and they're real knowledgeable guys, and uh, and and I, I just tend to agree with everything that they say. Just because, I mean, how can't you when you're I don't when you're think breaking wrong down? Yeah, I mean, you know, very very little are they wrong. And the second team um, that got an A plus, and I think we both agree, or is it one of the top draft guys? Is the Denver Broncos? Fuck yeah, dude! Get Drew Lock some weapons, play some Jeezy in the stadium, so we can get more videos of him fucking rapping along and shit, and let's rock. Yeah. So you when you look at the Broncos, really going into the the season, you 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 know you kind of. Ask yourself, you know, what do what do the Broncos need? And you know, you know, they have a pretty good defense there. They they set the edge real well with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Um, you know, so you're like, you know, where's the weapons? You know, they go out in free agency and and they get uh, uh, Melvin Gordon for cheap. Well, they get Melvin Gordon, yeah, for cheap, and you know, they just sign him out of free agency. And the big one, and if you heard us uh, going when we went live for the draft, they gave up a seventh round pick. For Jarrell Casey, and that we're talking insane. about one of the premier defensive tackles in this league, man. Jarrell Casey is just he's he's a beast. Um, so you're like, okay, so what do they need going in? You're like, well, we've got to get this guy some weapons. And the Broncos are sitting there at 15. Right in their laps falls Jerry Judy. Damn. The the other you you had CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy in the draft to where you were like these are the top two backs and it was so close. Right, well, and then the two. Raiders above them take Henry Ruggs and we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, you know, so Jerry Judy, the wide receiver out of Alabama, man, he's sitting right there at the 15th pick and, and they take him. And then, um, their next pick at 46, uh, one of the better receivers in this draft. And this, as we've stated, this was a deep wide receiver draft class. Very deep. Um, KJ Hamler out of Penn state, just, you know, he kind of reminds me of the Jordy Nelson yeah. slash, uh, um, uh, Adam Thielen type receiver, that obviously you know the, the the white receiver that can go get the ball and route run and all that. KJ Hamler, I mean, so uh, you just just a great draft, man, a great draft by the Broncos and uh, just they just really nailed it. So I, I loved everything the Cowboys did, loved everything the Broncos did, um, and it was just it was just great. And then obviously the third team on there um, that. We we and they gave an A plus two is the Arizona Cardinals. Man. Uh just great draft. And for not having a second round pick, they get an A plus. Their from, second round pick's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their second round pick's DeAndre Hopkins. So when, so you knew so you knew you had to you had to get Kyler some help. Now is Kyler gonna be the guy? We'll see. Um we know what happens to quarterbacks their sophomore year. So I mean that's the thing. But anyway, you're sitting there at eight. And we preached it. We preached and preached and preached during the draft when we were live about how great of a linebacker Isaiah Simmons was. 
And when you think of the Cardinals, you think of linebackers and you think of safeties. And, and what do they do? They take the guy that can play linebacker and safety and Slot wherever corner. else you want to play him, edge. And they take Isaiah Simmons. And 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 the other thing there, you're, you're wondering there at eight, you, you wondered if they were going to take a linebacker um, because they needed to protect Kyler in a division with Seattle and a division with the 49ers. Yeah, man, but – how do you pass on a guy like Simmons? We were watching the draft, and you and Austin were like, oh, man, he's going to fall to us, isn't he? He's yeah. coming to 10. And I believe if he would have been there, the Browns would have picked him at 10. Absolutely. Um, you know, so we're sitting there wondering, you know, you got to protect him. Well, they wait all the way to the third round, pick 72, and get Josh Jones out of Houston. We were pounding the table all day on that second day, man, just like we were saying Ezra Cleveland, Josh Jones, uh, Josh Jones, Ezra Cleveland, just, you know, these are two big tackles left, like, Go get them, you know, and they went and got uh, uh, Josh Jones and paired him with Isaiah Simmons, man, and, and you can't help but just say they did what they needed to do on top of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Jones is raw, but lots of potential there, so getting him in the third is is solid. I mean, even if he doesn't really pan out, it's pretty low risk for a guy that I think has a high upside. Um, Simmons is just – he is everything that we've said he is before the draft – Phenomenal job by them, too. So, I'm pretty pleased with all this. I think a lot of teams drafted really well this year, though. Oh, there was, draft a lot. Was, a, so there, there was a very few bad teams, and we'll hit in that. So, uh, pro football focus, as you know, like we've been hitting on here. So, the very last team that they gave the Cardinals an A-plus, the very last team that they gave an A-plus to was my Cleveland Browns. And I, and, and it's being overlooked. The, the Browns draft is being overlooked um, a, a, a lot. Uh, just I'm I'm ecstatic with this draft, man. Um, you 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 ain't had a left tackle since Joe since Joe Thomas. That's where you had to hit. You had to protect Baker's blindside, and their top guy was uh, Jedrick Willis, the tackle out of Alabama. They sit there, they get him. They don't move up, nothing, and they get Jedrick uh Jedrick Jedrick Wills. I'm sorry. Um, and then if you heard me talk about this on the podcast on our last episode. Two of my favorite guys in this draft, one Isaiah Simmons, the other was Grant Delpit. You hated me. You hated the Browns getting Grant Delpit because you were talked about it for weeks too, how you wanted him until they signed Von Bell. Yeah, I would have um, took him at 33 had the Bengals not signed Von right. Bell. Right. You know, so the, and not only that, so the Browns trade back. They didn't have a fifth-round pick. They they pick up a fifth-round pick and still get Grant Delpit who I think is just going to come in and just start from day one. I, I love that pick. Phenomenal job. And you said that you've missed Jabril Peppers a little and bit. And that's who he kind of reminds you of. And I think he's going to be better. Yeah. I yeah. think he's going to be a better version He can of play at the line. He can play play back, ball hog. He's got to get that, that tackling thing that we've hit on a few times down, but I think that's easily correctable. Um, man. The fucking Browns knocked it out of the park, and I dude, dude, they got I hate, and, and you can up. respect this as a Michigan fan, dude. They got Donovan Peoples Jones in the sixth round. He had some drop issues, man, but he just got he was the number one recruit coming out of high school and as a receiver right out of Detroit, and he just never had a good quarterback. His first year, he's dealing yeah. with Wilton Spate, who's injured, John O'Corn, who sucked, and then he gets Shea Patterson for who two just years, wasn't who what he was supposed to be, right? Dude, Shea Patterson didn't get drafted. He didn't get signed as an undrafted free agent. He still doesn't have a job. It's crazy. Um, you know, just trying to hit on the Browns there for a minute. They were the only team, according to Pro Football Focus, 
that got three players out of their top 25. You get Jedrick Wills, Grant Delpit, and then they grab Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle out of Missouri, um, who was just graded so high, man. Uh, he just he does it all. Stops the run, gets after the rusher. I'm sorry, gets after the passer. Um, just just everything. So yeah, th- those are the teams that got an A plus from Pro Football Focus. Obviously, there's teams out there that I love. I love what the Colts did. Um, I love what the Bengals did. I I just felt like the Bengals hit where they needed to hit. Um, obviously Baltimore, unfortunately, they just continue to. I think Baltimore drafted get, phenomenal. I know phenomenal. you're not. I don't know. You said you're, you're not really worried about the J.K. Dobbins pick. I am. I'm. I'm not just Mark because Ingram's old. And I just feel JK's like any good. running back in that system is going to be good. Just because I don't think Mark Ingram's all that good. I think J.K.'s a different animal, though, dude. I said uh, that. And he could draft. be. No, I don't think get me he's wrong. Easily the best in the draft. Still. Oh, I think he's the best running back in the draft. Although I think Jonathan Jonathan Taylor could do the Colts big did, things for the Colts. The Colts did well too. They got yeah, Pittman and, yeah. and and Taylor. You know, so that that right there was a. Uh, yeah, I mean that right there was a was a was a big get. You know, or wasn't as big of a get to me with J.K. Dobbins. Like I said. It's just because, dude, they're going to run anyway. I just don't know if it matters who's who it is. And not only that, they they do running back by committee. There's a lot of running backs that's in and that's out true. there. So that that was my only thinking behind it. But there was a number of great teams. Let's get to the teams that didn't hit. Who's your number one team? You're just like, what in the fuck? There's a couple, but I'm just going to stand tall on what I was saying leading up to the draft. And I'm going to go with it. The Dolphins fucked up all really? the picks. Really? I'm okay with the Dolphins draft. I like Tell me the, why. I like the Austin Jackson pick. I think he's he'll be good. I hate the Tua pick. I just don't think Tua is going to be any good. We've, we've well, that, been that's what that's that. what's going to make or break their draft right there. And then Noah Inbahogin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The corner from Auburn went before Trayvon Diggs. What? Yeah, I don't know. What's yeah, going I don't. On there. I, well, there's a there's multiple cornerbacks he went in front of. But that's that's where the I felt like their draft turned. I felt like I felt like they were put in a scenario where okay, you got your you replaced Laramie Tun, Tunsil, um, and then you got you had to get a quarterback if you're Miami. You they almost had to take their shot on Tua. It was Tua Herbert. or Herbert, and I, you guys aren't big on him, but I, I like Tua. So I I mean I don't know how great he'll be. But it's just, you know, if it pans out, it makes their entire draft. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like they only hit on one of those three first-round picks with Jackson. And then Robert Hunt, the guard from Louisiana, not LSU, just regular Louisiana, not really blown away by that. Raekwon Davis at D-tackle with their second pick in the second round. Yeah, I like the Raekwon. That's solid. And then you get to, you know, the Brandon Jones, the safety from Texas, and then, you know, the, the guys on the bottom end that are going to be fighting for a roster spot. I just felt like they had so much draft capital to move up and get, you know, the the better offensive lineman or, the, yeah. the you know, I just – I guess they're not my what-the-fuck team, but I just feel like I expected them to do so much better with all the ammo that they had. Right. And and I, I, I'm not a Tua guy, but – I, I, they had to take the quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like they were in there and they had their pick of him or Herbert, and they should have went with Herbert. Yeah, because the Chargers are another team that did damn well. Yeah, I, I, I like the Chargers. They started out great and they went lower. So the team that I think just absolutely blew the draft, dude, just fucking missed at every aspect. The team that I gave the worst grade on 
is the Green Bay Packers. Oh, my God. You made it to the <laughs> NFC Championship last year, and what killed you, you could not help Aaron Rodgers, whether that was either blocking for him, and I know that's a hell of a defensive line to block, but he had no weapons. I mean, you have Aaron Jones, but he's in the backfield, and you have Devontae Adams. And with their first pick, they take Jordan fucking Love. When you have Aaron Rodgers another however many years, you just extended him. And then in he's the second, yeah, he's, he should be. And then in the second round, you take a running back. Oh. You have Aaron Jones and you have Jamal Williams and you take A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. You know, I read a story that the the idea behind drafting Love was that Matt LaFleur is already done with Aaron Rodgers' shit. He's like, this that was a power now, move. Uh, well, that, I mean, it depends how much power he has. Now, that's going to be something you get rid of an Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Well, if Belichick gets his hands on him. <laughs> I mean, he, he's not going to go this year, but I mean – and we we've had a, a very lengthy discussion, discussion Monday morning. We got heated a little uh, bit. A group chat went wild because listen, me and you think Aaron Rodgers is overrated, and and I think in the discussion overhyped might be the better. Yeah, word yeah. Once uh, our, our good buddy Tim Combs, Tim Tim hit the nail on the head. Yeah, when he said overhyped, and what we mean by that is. Don't get me wrong, he might be the most skilled quarterback we've ever seen. Before I saw Patrick Mahomes, I had never seen a more right, talented right. quarterback throw a football than Aaron Rodgers. And But Aaron Rodgers get, gets put in top five quarterback talk. Top five ever, not top yeah, five ever. in the league yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, top ever. Five ever. Yeah, ever. Is, uh, you hear what? it all the time on ESPN and NFL Network, is Aaron Rodgers a top five quarterback ever? No. no. <laughs> Hell no. Absolutely not. No, he's not. He's, he's There's no way he is. I mean, he's not better than the guy that was at Green Bay before him. No shit. Um, you know, I see. I would see why. I mean, if you're saying, oh, he's got the most skills, this, this, and that, or yes, he throws probably the best ball, but that's not everything. That's not everything, and it's a mix of him being a little overhyped and Green Bay just not helping him out. I saw a stat where I think the last eight or ten drafts, they haven't drafted an offensive skill position in the first round in at least eight years. Yeah. That's crazy. But but with that being said, you know, it's not always about where you get these receivers because you find – Well, that's true. You know, you find – Antonio Brown was like, what, a fifth or sixth round – fourth, fifth, sixth round pick? Yeah, and I think T. Higgins is going to be really good, and he was technically a second round yeah, pick. Yeah, he is a second round pick. So Aaron Rodgers has had Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson – Devontae Adams, Randall, Randall Cobb. Cobb. I mean, he's had talented receivers. Some could say he's had more than Brady ever had. You know, um, yeah. so Jimmy Graham. I mean, the tight end list goes on. Jared Cook. I mean, he's had good talent around him. I just don't like – and he's a skill, He's a hell of a quarterback. He's skilled as hell. Yeah, don't get me wrong I don't that. put him in the top five quarterback ever. That's where he starts losing the respect with me. Absolutely. He's like I said before. I saw Mahomes. Never saw a more talented football th- uh, thrower of the football. But top five quarterback ever? No, I I might struggle to put him in a top five right now of active guys in the league. It, it, it'd be close if I really sat down and looked at it. Yeah. So another team that I drafted real bad up front, but their draft did get better as it went. Um, was the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, they they and the reason why that I'm saying this at 21 they take the. Uh, the wide receiver out of TCU, Jalen uh, Rieger. Um, they say this guy does nothing but stay open, but he had awful quarterback play. Yeah, I had seen that. Um, 
but still, to me, Justin Jefferson from LSU still on the board there. Yeah. And you pass up on him. Higgins? Or you know, yeah, Higgins. You know how bad you need a receiver and you don't trade up in front of Dallas and get a CD lamb or you can't get past the Broncos there at uh, 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 15, 15 when you're at 21 to go get a Jerry Judy. That's where, and if you watch the Eagles last year, you're like, damn, they need a receiver. Everyone got hurt. You know, yeah, Alshon. And, they didn't even have to trade up to get Higgins. They just straight passed on him. Right. And Jefferson, too. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't get that, man. And then I don't get Jalen Hurts in the yeah, second. Yeah, the second-round pick, pick 53, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. You just extended Carson Wentz. I, I saw something that said that they plan on using Jalen Hurts like a straight running it, it, back. It won't work. No, it that, definitely that'll won't That'll never work. He's too little. He wants to be a quarterback anyway. Yeah. I, and, and don't get me wrong, I said that he sucked as a quarterback, you know, as a pro prospect, and I still believe that. But there was – I mean, they could have – I don't have it all in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that they could have got like uh, Lavasca Chenault from Colorado in the second. Oh, I, mean, I think they could. They could have added to that. I think that they were what they were saying was, you know, they're going to get, um, you know, er, you know, Ertz and and then Jeffries. You know, they're all or Alshon's Alshon getting up there, coming man. back. You know, you know, but I think that might have been the 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 thing that they were looking at there. But I don't want to bank on Alshon being healthy either. No, no, I I just like I, I said, I just felt like. You had other holes that could possibly win you the the NFC East. There, you know, it's such it's, a bad division. You know, because Dallas is only Dallas fucking blew it out of the park. And I just felt like, you know, you you, you could have had a better draft. You didn't need to take like Green Bay didn't need to take a quarterback in the first. You didn't need to take a quarterback in the second. Yeah, I I'm not not too big on there. And another team where man, this I got deja vu. The Raiders picking Rose. Oh yeah, that's right. We wanted. to. That was the ghost of Al Davis because he passed up on. I don't even want to. I don't even remember. I know he passed on Judy and C.D. Lamb for Henry Ruggs. Well, I'm talking Al Davis when he drafted Darius Hayward oh Bay. Oh my god! I, just yeah. because he was fast in a just straight because line. Because he was fast. It, don't it get seems me, like that over again. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Henry Ruggs can be good. You know, at his. You know, he could be a Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but where I'm sorry, he was Deshaun taken. Jackson? Right. Yeah. You do not. That's reaching. Big time. Mayock and Gruden, dude, I just feel like they're so in over their head, and and that could turn around and and, and bite us in the ass. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, but I don't like that pick. Not at all. It's just, it was the ghost of Al Davis, man. That's all it reminded me of was was the Darius Hayward Bay pick, and I think he had his best years as like a third receiver in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and then and, and then in the second round, they 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 get Ohio State's cornerback Damian Arnett, um, who honestly, from from a Buckeye fan, that was a bit of a reach too. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's all right. He got, he's, he he he's he's he was the worst of the two. Obviously, he's not Jeff Akuda, in my opinion. But when you talk to Gruden, he said when you looked at the tape of Jeff Akuda, you couldn't help but look on the other side. But that's probably because the ball they were was going, going over there yeah. for a reason. Yeah, they were going away from Akuda. So yeah, you see more plays made where the ball goes. If they you have a corner that nobody's throwing at, that's a good thing. Yeah, and and you know so and when. Juden, Gruden comes in, he you lose the Khalil Mack trade easily. Yeah. You lose Khalil Mack trade. I don't care if you had to pay the guy. Um, and then I just thought you reached and reached for this in this draft. And man, I bet Derek Carr was just biting his thumbs. Man, sitting there with CD Lamb and Jerry Judy on the board because that would have been incredible. Hey, I don't know if Ruggs fits with Carr that well as much as like a, a Judy or a Lamb would have just on on, on route running. So. Yeah, I yeah. mean that. So those are my three 
worst graded, you know, three three worst graded teams there. And, and a shout out, and anybody that watched the draft, um, a lot of fan fan love for our buddy Troy uh, that was in the back on the couch when we did the live first round of the draft. He uh, we watched the second round together, and he was pretty upset with how the Rams were doing things. Yeah, too, so, yeah, he was a little mad. Um, I, I I don't know too too much about how all that went down or what their needs were um, that far down because they didn't really have a first round pick. But our good buddy Troy was pretty upset with that. Too. So let's let's keep it here on the draft real quick on touching our teams. What what do you think about the Bengals? I think, and you said no more, Mister Nice Guy earlier, but I think you ranked the Bengals draft. A little better than mine because I had an A minus. Yeah, I had an A. I had an A as a draft. So a little bit higher. Um, obviously, I've been screaming from the rooftops to get Burrow since September. Um, so couldn't be happier with that. Um, Higgins in the second, I think, is awesome. Um, they had a lot of ways that they could have gone. They're not drafting a tackle. So I think Higgins is going to be good because I think that the plan there is Higgins on one side. AJ on the other, Boyd in the slot, and John Ross in Mexico or something. He's not coming. Yeah, back I mean, you're running year. a lot of four wide with that line. I mean, that's no tight end help. Well, I think that they're going to keep the hot tight end help. I'm saying three with with Boyd in the slot, AJ outside, Green on the other side. Um, they they need to keep a tight end in. But Burrow loves to run those four wide, so I don't know if they're you know going to try to translate that to him or not. Um, but I love that the third round pick. I had to do a little bit of research on Logan Wilson. Um, if you watched our second round coverage, I was more looking for Zach Bond there. Um, and after looking at it, Zach Bond's more of a rusher. Yeah. Um, not necessarily what the Bengals needed. The Bengals have needed and needed cover linebackers for quite some time now. Um, very good coverage grades from PFF on Wilson. I don't have him in front of me. I'll see if I can look him up. Um, so I, I I understand it. I'm still not. That's still not a pick. I'm gonna. You know, say it's a slam dunk. I love it because I just I've I've read up on the guy, but I just I just don't think there's enough out there for for me to to know to make a decision. But if you look at his PFF grade overall since 2017, so from 2017 to 19, his overall PFF grade is 93.3. Um, run defense 91.1. Pass coverage. 91.1 and pass rush 90.5. Yeah, he was graded high by PFF. I did see that. So, you know, as you know, I gave the Bengals an A. Um, what kept me from giving them an A plus was what has kind of stopped me from really lo- loving what they do in the in the in the in the in the past. And they didn't get aggressive. Um, yeah, like they said they were going to do. We kept pounding the table. In I that think they first meant that night. for free agency. Well, yeah, but it's even in the draft. You got to. And let me, let me explain what I'm talking about here. Um, when you so when you draft in the first round, and this is for the listeners that don't know, you get a fifth year option. You've seen it assigned to people like Miles Garrett uh, this year, and um, you know some other really good players. So you can keep those really good players for an extra year. As to where if you sign a second-round pick of the draft, you only get them for four years, and then they become a free agency, a free agent. So you get that extra year in the first round. And the guy that the Bengals were huge on, and this, came, this actually came out, the Bengals were huge on the linebacker that the Seattle Seahawks took from Texas Tech, linebacker Jordan Brooks. Yeah, they wanted They him said bad. that the Bengals wanted him bad. So makes sense because he got in some trouble, right? (laughs) So, you know, so Jordan Brooks is sitting there at 27. That's where Seattle was selecting. 
The Bengals had a pick at 33. It wouldn't have taken them much to get up. It w- it wouldn't it would have probably cost you a fourth. Yeah. Maybe fifth. Yeah. Something a pick like swapping a fourth. And this is where coming in to trading these guys and getting getting trying to get doing what Miami did and getting value out of these guys. Maybe you trade something like that to move up and then you get your top quarterback and your top linebacker who we've preached on, they had to hit on. So, but maybe this guy in the third uh what's his name? Wilson, maybe this Wilson is this you know, this was their second option. This is who they wanted. I mean, I just would have liked to seen them be. That's what stopped me from an A plus to an A is get more aggressive and go get that guy for a fifth year. The pick that I love is the fourth round pick, Akeem Davis Gaither. Somebody I'd been looking at before the draft. I'd seen the Bengals link to him a lot. Appalachian State. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good steal there. Appalachian State, not great competition don't get me wrong but man the tape on that guy is awesome he's yeah. athletic he can cover right. he can tackle he can hit i think that they did a good job you gotta hope the one thing with him is you gotta hope that it translates because right. of the level of competition that he was playing you know a, a, a good guy in a, in a in a smaller division you know on a team that doesn't play anybody you will see that but i loved him too yeah. um those are the guys when you get to the fourth fifth sixth round that you want to take a shot on and then um Marcus Bailey in the seventh round, I saw several second-round grades on him before last season. He blew his knee out and missed 10 games. Yeah. Very, very low risk. If that's the case, that would be cool. Um, but, but you know, sticking to the top four rounds or so, what took me from an A to an A- minus is a mixture of them not being aggressive to get that fifth-year option, and B, they just didn't address the offensive line until way late. And that's just a guy that you're just going to see if he makes the team. So I, I feel like they could have been a little bit more aggressive in in the offensive line. I never expected them to take a tackle because they're, they're sticking with Bobby Hart, and that'll forever drive me crazy unless he proves me wrong this year. Yeah. So I, I think that's what took me from, from the A to the A- minus was they just – they didn't do anything to improve the O line to protect their thirty six million dollar investment right. in Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's going to sign a deal worth. And, and maybe million. with those seventeen million dollars, you know, they go and get them some linemen to at least come in and compete. And I don't even know who I'd have to look at who's out there. Though. You know, I keep hearing Jason Peters, but I think Jason Pierre Peters wants to go to a win now team. If Jason Peters will sign in Cincinnati, let's get it done. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think so. But I think he's. I think he's just. I think he's ready to win. He's at the end of his career. He wants to get a ring. Um, the Bengals are in a bit of a rebuild, even though the the roster looks really good. Um, yeah, so I so I don't know, you know, but there are some other there there's still some linemen out there if they want to you know spend a little bit of money. Um, so you know just and I've already touched on the Browns, obviously Jedrick Wills in the first, Grant Delpit in the third, Jordan Elliott in uh, in the I'm sorry, uh, Grant Delpit in the second, Jordan Elliott in the third. All three are top 25 ranked guys from PFF. Um, then they take the linebacker out of LSU, um, Jacob Phillips. He was productive, too. He, he, just, he, he tackles. So the thing is with him is he tackles. He don't miss a lot of tackles. He got he got kind of outshined by Patrick Queen, and rightfully so. Right. But, yeah, he's a sure tackler, pretty quick, not going to – not going to cover the most athletic tight ends in the league, but right. he can he can contribute there. I like that pick. And then and then they go tight end Harrison Bryant. Um, he's from actually from Florida Atlantic. Um, this guy they're going to put in the same room as Austin Hooper and uh, David Njoku. Stefanski can't get enough tight ends. Oh, he loves it, dude. Watch, <laughs> we will have more tight ends than receivers on the fifty-three man roster just because he <laughs> loves it. Um, and the the thing with Harrison, dude, was 
he could possibly be the best tight end in the draft. Obviously, we know that the 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 draft of tight ends wasn't that great. We said Cole Komet, um, but I I actually didn't read up on this guy, and he actually led Division One and and about everything for tight ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then we went with Nick Harris. He's a, he was a center out of Washington. Um, he might come in and fight for that right guard spot with uh, Drew Forbes and Wyatt Teller, maybe. Um, or maybe he'll just be a backup. And then the best value pick we talked about at the beginning was Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, right there, the receiver out of Michigan. Plus, after the draft, the the Browns re-signed Richard Higgins, um, who I just love that man. You get him for under a million a year. We uh, got the new Hollywood Higgins, all right? He, he didn't even go by Hollywood. He's about to. Um, so, but, so the Browns get their biggest need, which was a left tackle, and then safety, and then defensive linemen in their first three picks. The thing that worries me for the Browns right now, and after they resigned, resigned Higgins, because I still said we need a third receiver, we've got to go get some linebackers, a, a Nigel Bradham. Um, right now, what about a Jadavion Clowney who's still out there to put on the other side of Miles? But we need to go get us two linebackers and then put our foot on the gas and uh, let's let's play some football. And to, to the Peoples-Jones pick, man, I just – I think that he's probably going to have a good career. I just think that you he just got get that held feeling. Back. You just, get that he, feeling. He got held back by bad quarterback play and also some because bad dude, coaching. there was there wasn't there a lot of hype for him in, at Michigan. Oh, he was a five star number one yeah. receiver in the class right. recruit three yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So. He, he, I mean, he he played pretty well as a true. And freshman. And he's going to get to come in and obviously he's not going to pass Jarvis or or Odell on you know on the depth chart, but he's going to get every opportunity to come in and compete for that uh, third wide receiver spot. Yeah, I I I, I like that pick, man. Um, I I think that they did a lot of good. Obviously, um, they they did good because they didn't draft Tristan Wirfs, and I want to touch on that. He slid, and I said for a week yeah, before the draft he, he sucked and he was going to be a bust, and he slid. Now he didn't slide super far, but somebody must have. Well, he's going to go protect Brady. So they, yeah, <laughs> they win by by getting Wills over him. Well, um, not only that, you, you listen, and I know this is a lot of people don't understand the behind the scenes, the offseason, the draft, and shit like we would. When you have a board, you stick to it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you got hundreds, if not a thousand players on your board from yeah, these John, teams. John Gruden had his visible on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you go by that. And that's where you draft. So if Jedrick Wills was your number one left tackle, which you they said he was. Go, they, and they say Over Thomas. Yeah, you go get Jedrick Wills. Absolutely. So they stuck to their guns there and 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 I thought they had a great draft. Um but we've been good on paper before, so I, I try not to get too hype about it. Like I said, go get two linebackers, and then let's let's go play some football. I like it. This is the moment USC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! You heard the man, Chad. May 9th. Yes, sir. It's back. UFC is back live. Sporting event is back. UFC 249, a fucking stacked card. I'm talking prelims Dude, are good. Stacked. Loaded. Run uh, through that card. Just headlined by Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gagey. And, you know, obviously we were down a little bit about that because we wanted Tony and Khabib. But the more and more you look at this, man, I didn't realize how big of a badass Justin Gagey is, man. And the way Tony comes forward, do Justin Gagey might be able to catch Tony and put him to sleep. Just knock him out. Yeah. And- 
Dana got me because I was reading up on it too, and he said Ferguson versus Gagey will be one of the most violent fights you'll ever see. I can guarantee that. There I'm will in. be bloodshed. There will be bloodshed. You can put money on it. And the winner of that's going to fight Khabib for the title. Yeah, unless um, Connor has something. To say. I don't know how that's going to. That's go. what Dana said. Dana said they're two of the best in the world, and the winner will fight Khabib for the title. Khabib will be back in September or October. Yeah, um, and then also on that card is the bantamweight title bout. Henry Cejedo, who has been a fucking straight badass, Mahler. most uh, recently beating the shit out of T.J. Dillashaw, is going to fight a very a weird fighting Dominic Cruz, and I think this is going to be Cejedo's toughest challenge yet. Uh, Dominic Cruz is no slouch, man. Um, he's got a, a weird kind of fighting stance. He moves a lot. It's hard to catch him. But with these little guys, man, Henry Cejedo has been able to knock out guys like Mighty Mouse and, and uh, T.J. Dillashaw. Uh, so that is going to be a hell of a fight too. Um, the one that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Tony engaging now. Uh, but the next one uh, is a heavyweight bout be- between uh, Francis Naganyu and Ro- Rosenstreak. I think that's how you say his name, dude. These dudes are going to throw fucking bombs, dude. Yeah, I'm talking two hidden. bad motherfuckers swinging with everything they have, trying to knock the other one's head off. Like <laughs> when I tell you when we're together to watch this fight, it's going to be. It could easily be fight fight of the fight of the card. This right here could end quick, dude. Just heavy hands, two dudes giving everything. They're gonna be so gassed by like the third round. Yeah, and then also, uh, so to start that card out is gonna be uh, Greg Hardy versus uh, Johan uh, De Castro, former NFL player. Yeah, Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy the old uh, Dallas Cowboy. Uh, this is gonna be just like Ngannou and Rosenstruck, man. Um, Bombs. I mean, bombs are going to be thrown. The only thing that could go wrong here with this is if this gets into the later rounds God. and they're gone, these two big boys are going to be wore out. Greg Hardy's a fucking lunatic, dude. Oh, dude, Greg, Greg Hardy is is something serious. It makes me wonder about him, you know? So, but <laughs> Something's wrong with <laughs> uh, him. Actually, on ESPN and ESPN Plus, this is going to be free. Uh, they are giving us Anthony Pettis versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, just two warriors, man. I mean, I know it doesn't look like a whole lot there with, you know, Cowboy, but him coming back, um, you know, after that embarrassing loss to Connor to fight a really good Anthony Pettis who likes to get hit. Both these guys don't care to get hit. This is going to be a good fight, man. I can't wait to watch that one. That'll be free. Yeah, UFC made that one free. Uh, Also on that card is uh, Uriah Hall. Uh, I, 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 I'm real, I, I'm real tough with this guy's name, Renato so- Soheza, who, who also is a banger. Um, th- I mean this, like I said, dude, this whole card is, is just fucking loaded and, uh, May 9th, I cannot wait. UFC bat is back. This is, this is great for sports. Um, and then I, like we've said after that, Dana every week is going to start giving us fights starting May 9th. So, uh, apparently what he done is he... I, I want to say it's somewhere in Florida. It is in Florida. Yeah, so he he bought he, he somehow he got a a uh, octagon on a beach. Um, you know, there's not going to be any fans or anything. And then he's got hotels rented out for these guys and the island. He's still doing actually for for the international. The fans. island is still happening. Oh yeah, it's still happening. I yeah, man, it's gonna be kind of weird to watch it. You know, with no fans. I think we saw that fight night like right when stuff started first shutting down mid March. There was one. Uh, I, I was kind of glancing in and out of it when anything I was too big. This is going to be weird, man. On a beach, and you can like hear the ocean and shit. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I don't know how. That, I don't know if there's a if it's a building on the beach, or I don't. I don't know exactly how it is. I would imagine it's got to be inside. Um, yeah, you can't I, really chance that to weather. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited though, man. I'm just so happy that 
you know, here, I mean, May's in tomorrow, right? It's Yeah, tomorrow's May 1st. Tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow's May 1st, so, I mean, that's just going to be nine days away. So, I, I just, I can't wait. This is what we need. It's what everyone needs. Uh, Dana is determined to be the first sport back, and it looks like this is going to go through. It don't look like Disney or ESPN is going to get in the way. And No, ESPN's promoting this one Yeah, now. yeah. Dana, like, kind of the last time, Dana's like, we're doing it, and ESPN's like, ah, wait. Right. No, ESPN's like, in. Because um, the, the Florida State Boxing Commission – um, okayed it, said that they're going to have also, you know, obviously protocols for health and safety to ensure the safety and well-being of all individuals. Um, so that's probably right. from the camera crew to the fighters, you know, the, the lowest guy in the uh, – right. no, no offense on the totem pole to, to the fighters. So um, I think that they're probably – I trust Dana and ESPN enough to th- – I think they're going to do something probably pretty cool and special with the broadcast. Yeah. You know, with no fans there, maybe getting some different angles. I mean, he or, loaded up the damn card for us, man. It don't, <laughs> yeah, it don't he did. get a whole lot better than this. I mean, if it was – Tony and Khabib, it would, you know, it would obviously be still badass, but I'm telling you, dude, Gagey's no slouch, and he's got probably the hardest hands maybe outside of Connor in that division. And if Tony continues to come forward like he's known to do and he just continuously pushes forward, Gagey might catch might him, catch dude, and put him to sleep. So if the winner of this is going to fight Khabib, does the loser maybe is that is that Connor's first fight back? I, I don't know. I don't know if any loser is going to get Connor. I think Connor can go yeah. do whatever the hell he wants. I think I think obviously the fight with Nate's in the books. I think um, I think a fight with uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal would still be badass. Even though I've heard Masvidal don't want to fight during uh, you know why the, this virus is going around or whatever, um, but. I, I think it's going to be uh, – he's going to start loading up these cards and UFC and these guys are ready to make some money, so I don't think they give a shit. Yeah, I mean, and if the fighters are willing to do it and the, the people that are going to work on the production and setting up the facility and everybody is willing to sign off and do it, I say you let them do it. Obviously, you know, if you got – Let's call it 200 people, maybe more. I don't know. But 200 of them, they've all been tested. They don't have the virus. They're all safe. They're all doing the right things. I, right. Why not? Yeah. And let's let's get this thing back on. Man, that'll be something we can – you know, May 9th should be nice. Maybe you're going to make some of your grilled wings. We're going to do something for it, man. I need Def- some of your grilled fucking definitely wings. Definitely beer. That beer and wings, that sounds good. Uh, but, yeah, man, so May 9th – UFC 249 is back, and, and, and I just – I cannot wait. And we'll have more on that as we come. Uh, coming up closer to it as well as the details come out of it. We'll probably hit on that next week too. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's still a lot to hit on there. Uh, just wanted to, for the ones I didn't know, like I said, UFC's back May 9th. Yeah, so, you know, there's that. So kind of wanted to uh, turn to our last topic here, man. And uh, there's a lot being going around, you know, social media or, you know, chatting with your friends or whatnot. And kind of wanted to get our um, listeners' feedback too on this. Um, but the question has come out. Could Michael Jordan play in today's era of basketball? Obviously, with uh, uh, what is it, the last the last dance? The last dance has yeah. been really so, cool. So everybody's loving that. So it brought up the question: Could Michael Jordan play in today's NBA? And, and could LeBron? You know, could LeBron play in Jordan's era? Drew, what is your quick answer, and then explain on that? I think LeBron and. This is where I go on record as saying I'm not a LeBron follower. He just plays for my team. Um, I think that the way he's built, he probably could have played pretty effectively. Guys were skinnier back then. Guys didn't have that muscle tone. So if we're saying LeBron and his current body in that era, I think that he probably could and probably could pretty well. I know that there was more defense played there then than now, but, man, those guys just didn't have the athleticism that LeBron has. and. They they hacked the shit out of Jordan back then. Yeah. I mean, 
you'll see it as they show highlights on the show or if you just look up some highlights. I mean, he got mugged. Those bad boy pistons, they fucked him up. But I don't I, I don't see LeBron having much of an issue there. I think a lot of the fl- – he doesn't flop as much as he did in Miami. You know, he still does every Yeah, it was real in. bad in Miami. It was it's, real it's bad. It's not nearly as bad anymore. So a lot of the flopping and, and some of the stuff that does appear kind of soft that he does, I just think wouldn't have been in his mind if he was in that era because that just – the NBA kind of like you do what you incur- can get away yeah, with. They they let it happen back then. They didn't give a shit. So I think he could have been a bully. And if Jordan's playing today in his prime with how defense is played, he might score forty a fucking forty game. a night. Yeah. And if he's playing with the same mentality that he had, yeah. you know, hand checking was 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 a little bit more allowed back there. I know that he gets. They talk about well, he played defense with hand checking a lot. That's out. Um but, man, Jordan's mentality, Jordan's skill in an NBA today where everybody's playing defense like James Harden, I I think that they could both effectively play pretty well in each other's eras. Yeah, so my take's the same as yours, dude. I think LeBron would dominate that era. Yeah. And I think Jordan could come up and dominate that uh, this era for reasons why you just said. I don't think that anybody back then – would would be able to stop LeBron. I think LeBron's too big. And people say, "Oh, he can't stand getting hacked and all this and that." Listen, they didn't have, they didn't make him like LeBron back then, dude. This yeah. dude is six yeah. eight, uh, six eight, uh, two hundred and fifty pounds of pure muscle. He runs through people now, and pe- and that's the peak athlete athleticism yeah. that we see. I, in the I mean, this dude. I mean, LeBron is fast, dude. And let me just tell you something now. If LeBron's better than uh, Magic Johnson. If you think Magic Johnson could play back then with him, LeBron would. LeBron, I think LeBron would dominate back there. I don't. I wouldn't see. I mean, he would get fouled harder. You, people would check him if he started. Oh yeah. Doing too much oh, shit. Yeah. You know, there's that. But I think if LeBron backed him down and the way he can hit his shot when he's on, I think would dominate. I mean, I think he could win a, a an MVP and a title back then. But and then let's go to Jordan in, in today's NBA. Like you said, dude, the defense, dude, you can't you can't breathe on them without getting a foul, and and you're gonna give Jordan that many open jumpers where you're oh. not in his face. Like we said, Jordan's gonna score forty a night, and he didn't even shoot much from three back in the day. Oh, he, I'm but sure now he could have. Yeah, know, he could have established a shot. Oh, I I, I I I don't think it was a lack of him having one. He just that just wasn't what he liked. It's what they. they if didn't anybody could have developed that shot, I'd I'd give it to Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So yeah, I mean, I I think. And if we're talking like prime, prime LeBron, because he came back to Cleveland that second time and slimmed down. Yeah, a still, bit. still a yeah. cut up dude. Don't get me wrong, but you know, first go around in Cleveland, LeBron or, or Miami, LeBron when he was bigger than he is now and still that fast. I mean, his fucking shoes like melted on the court. You remember that he was in Miami? Yeah. It left like a fucking skid mark on the court. The dude's a goddamn freight train. Oh, dude, he's the when people say that they don't think he could play back then, I think that's just so insane. And there's always going to be that LeBron versus. Michael Jordan talk, you know, a lot of people don't want to say it goes LeBron, Michael, you know, people want to put Kobe in there and, and you know, and they want to put, uh, uh, you know, like, um, uh, what was it? Wilt and Kareem and yeah. b- a bunch of other players. Bill they want to put them in there. Yeah. Bill Russell before how many titles he had. But to me, you know, it's obviously you compare Michael and you compare LeBron because of who they are. They are the top two players of all time. That's my opinion. I know that not everyone has that opinion. 
Um, but yeah, I think LeBron dominates Jordan's era, and I think Jordan can dominate this era. That's just what I. That's the way I see it. And in that debate, I look at it kind of going back to what we said about Rodgers. I think LeBron may be the most talented basketball player I've ever seen. Oh, dude, and the way he can pass. And but Jordan is still the best. You yeah, know? Well, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. And it, the reason that me and you kind of see eye on eye on things. So we had the discuss the discussion of you know, um, of a quarterback, you know, what makes him the goat? Like Brady wants the ball in his hand. If he's got 30 seconds and has to go 80 yards, Brady wants the ball in his hands. He wants to be the magician, you know? Um, and that's the same thing with Michael. If you got, it didn't matter how many, if you had half a second left and you were down one or two, you thought Michael Jordan was going to win that game on a shot. Yeah. And LeBron has done it. LeBron's going to pass the ball. He's hit some really cool game winners. <laughs> he know? has to, and you don't have to think about it. The, yeah, but it's just yeah, he's too passive. I mean, just recently, and and they say, and they, and you know, it always does come out that you know LeBron does have more game winner game winners than Michael. I understand it, but not just not in the moment. Like yeah, yeah, it's it's different. I they, I, I see LeBron be. That's probably my biggest knock on LeBron, especially. I you know I always watched a lot of LeBron because he was LeBron, but now. You know, he plays for the Lakers. I watch every game of LeBron, and it's just, I don't know. I mean, you could be more aggressive, but, you know, sticking to what we're saying, they say LeBron's too soft, he flops, he whines too much. You couldn't do that back then. He does that now because he can. He can get away. Same thing with with, uh, James Harden. Yeah. He he does what he does because he can get away with it. I think LeBron would have had the mentality and the toughness and the, just the sheer athleticism, size, and speed. To just, I, do, I just feel like he would – like just imagine him on a fast break and the only person in front of him is Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah. He's going to fuck Larry Bird He's going to dunk on him. He's and that's no shot him. at Larry Bird. Yeah, I love Larry. Larry Bird was great, yeah. But, he, I mean, those guys back then, he's – I mean, even Magic Johnson, he was athletic and crazy, but he wasn't big. No. You know, LeBron, he wasn't LeBron's muscle. a freak, man. When he's it, a, yeah, he's a freak of nature. And the, the way he can pass the ball, the way he's, you know he can take the shot, it's – LeBron and Jordan, to me, like I said, just two different levels there. And, you know, maybe later we can actually get into LeBron versus MJ talk. You know, I don't want to get there because we'll start a fucking riot. Uh, But (laughs) as far as playing in each other's eras, I'm with you. I think they each dominate the other one. Yeah, I think they would both be just as good, if not better. So, um, and we, you know. Get back with us. Give us your feedback on this. We'll post this up on Facebook and get get in touch with you guys and see, see your thoughts on it. Message. Let's go to our fan interaction from our Facebook page here on Tuesday. Um, I posted on here, if someone handed you $1 million right now to bet on the next Super Bowl winner, who are you betting on? And I just wanted to run through some of the answers that we saw. Yeah. Um, friend of the podcast, uh, a.k.a. the guy in the back, Troy, uh, said he's surprised not many people at the time were saying Tampa. Uh, but he also said Saints, and how about a sleeper pick, the Colts? Yeah, what I mean, what a division! You know, the Saints and the Bucks are going to fight Jeez, that thing. Dude. Yeah, that's going to be fun t- that, uh, twice a year. That's an NFL Sunday ticket game. We both have the three TV set up. Brady, oh, yeah. Brady, and Breeze will be on one of those TVs every single time. Definitely, and if I, it's not a Sunday night, I love what the Colts did in the draft, and the defense is there, and they get Philip Rivers. So, yeah, maybe. So uh, my neighbor across the street, Mike Brewer, says Eagles, duh. I think that was probably a joke. He is an Eagles fan. Do I have to comment on that? Or we <laughs> nah, just we'll, go just, next one? we'll just let him live. Uh, Keith Cordial said Tampa, a lot of Tampa pick. John Elter, Steelers, I don't think so. Ryan depends Pierce, what Ben you get. Ryan Pearson said the Bucks. Uh, Jared Sanner said it's a no-brainer. It's the Eagles. We'll just let that go. Um, and then it starts rolling into to the team that I think I picked and you picked. Um, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Franz, my cousin down in Tampa, he's a Bucks fan. He's a homer. He said Bucks. Uh, you said Chiefs. Brian Roberts says Chiefs. Uh, 
Tiff Ankney says Tampa Bay. Um, good buddy. Asked a couple questions on here before and uh, tuned into the live draft. Jim Sayer said Steelers, of course. He's a Steelers fan. He's a homer. Our good buddy Mark Smith. I like the confidence he said the Bengals. All right. So we're going to win this fucking so we're thing. we're going to ignore that one too and just keep going? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> TJ Elliott said Baltimore. Um, yeah, I mean, Lamar's gonna it. have to throw the ball more, man. I don't know. Uh, I still they need killed to be the proof. draft too. Yeah, I, I want to see one more year. Of, I mean, I know he won the MVP. And I'm not doubting him like I did last year, but I do want to see. Are, you know what? How his team's gonna adjust? A are full, they gonna make full year throw? of tape. Yeah. A full yeah, year. I want to see it. Um, Lori Pollen said Bengals. Uh, Randy would love that. Mark Bushman, good buddy, said Ravens as well. Uh, Joshua King said the Niners. Uh, you could see that. I could. They I could a see a draft. rematch. At they least. lose. They lose Buckner to the Colts. They replace him with Javion uh, Kenlaw, and then they also go and get um, the the receiver out of Arizona State, uh, Brandon. I forget his last name, but yeah, I mean, I I love what they did too, man. They just they know where you win in the trenches, and they just try and kill you with that defensive and offensive line, and they just keep it in. So uh, that was something that we had a little bit of fun with, um, you know. Interacting Didn't your with your you guys. your your uh, cousin John? What was his question? John's got a question. Yeah, let me scroll through here and find that. We've been posting quite a bit lately here, um, and it was actually a good one. And and John and I text just about every day as well. Um, and I thought this was a good question. I figured I'd wait till here to answer it. Um, he said, "What should the Bengals plan for?" What I'm sorry. What should the Bengals plan for Mixon be in regards to his contract situation? Should they shell out big money or draft someone else early in the early rounds next year? So that's a good question. I'll, I'll let you answer that second since you're the Bengals guy. What I, what so? You guys have heard me on this podcast. I I don't agree with paying running backs. Um, and as good as Mixon is, and Mixon is a good one, he can be replaced just because of the running back position. Um, I know I'm a lot fewer guys than you guys are. I would only pay guys like you know uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, uh, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott. Um, I wouldn't. I I mean we'll have to see another year of Chubb. I mean, I'll, I'll see. I know he would probably be up up there. But Mixon, don't get me wrong, I like Mixon. If you can sign him cheap and get him on a good running back deal, I could see it. But running backs are just too expandable. They're, they're just too expandable. Yeah, you can get – yeah, it's the, probably the most expendable position in the NFL, I would think. I mean, oh, Easily. Easily. Know? Running back can be replaced. The one thing I will say that works in his advantage is if he does hold out – all you have right there is Geo and what could be a really good offense as long as the offensive line holds up. Um, so he's kind of been in a good spot there. Uh, but look, I mean, you got to look at what like Melvin Gordon did last year, man. I mean, he ended up losing his job, not getting paid nearly what he did. Um, kind of for Le'Veon too. I know Le'Veon likes to say he got his money, but the market wasn't out there for Le'Veon like he thought it was going to be because of the running back position. I think. Mixon is important to the Bengals because he put to back to put together back to back thousand yard rushing seasons behind a bad line. Um, he was a good locker room guy too. He never really quit. He wanted to, you know, he he stayed positive through a shitty shitty year. Uh, but I'm with you. I think he's earned a second contract. But if he wants Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, top tier money, then yeah, no, then I wouldn't do it either. So a lot of what they're going to do with these running back positions is you're going to load and guarantee a lot of that money up front so you can get out of it. Um, just because, like I told you, and I don't care who you are, outside of the few I mentioned, every four years I would I would draft a running back, man, and pay them and pay them on that rookie contract unless I found a great one. And there's only a couple great ones. And and not saying that Mixon isn't good because he's good, but to me he's not great. He's better than Le'Veon Bell. What Le'Veon with the Steelers or no, Le'Veon? Le'Veon now. Oh, okay. I mean, 
No, I, I think he's just as capable as Le'Veon with the Steelers was. Uh, he hasn't proven to be that good, but I think he's just as capable. I would personally take Le'Veon over over Mixon. Oh, yeah, yeah, Le'Veon yeah, 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 in yeah. The, Le'Veon with the Steelers. If I had to pick, I would absolutely. Mixon, but I wouldn't have paid Le'Veon. I mean, that just goes to show you, dude, look what the line does. It depends on how is your offensive line going to hold up. I know Mixon's been a little different, so maybe with a good line, even he goes even over right. the 1,000-yard you know, mark there. I just think um, with you know 16, now 17 games that you play in the NFL, getting 1,000 yards isn't all that. If you think about it, that's not even 100 yards a game. No, no, and I, I, I wouldn't be as impressed with that if we had a better line. Now, right. as bad as that line was, everybody's talked about how bad the line was. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think that he and and I don't know how much of this matters, but the Bengals have been very active on social media since the draft, and I would like to shout them out. Their social media department must be getting good. But Mixon's always commenting like positive things on it and talking to other players on the team on the Bengals post. Like he seems like he still wants to be there. He said last year he wanted to be a Bengal for life. Maybe that's something you just say. You know, yeah. you're obviously you're there. Um, so he doesn't seem like he's too mad at him. But in this new CBA, if he holds out and misses the first day of training camp, he loses a year towards unrestricted free agency. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I found that out too. So he's not going to hold out. Yeah, but, I mean, then you can do, you know, you got what Le'Veon did and hold out a whole damn year. I mean, obviously I know he's not getting the money. But, but I mean, Le'Veon difference. sat out and didn't take 50, was like 12 to $15 million an entire year. Yeah, but – Le'Veon, the, the way the CBA was set up, then Le'Veon didn't lose that year. To, you, you know, you have to be in the league so many years for, like, the, like Josh Gordon's right. still not and, in Yeah, it. I see what you're saying. You know, the question then, though, becomes is, is it worth the headache? Antonio Brown, Le'Veon, you know, they're chirping, they're on social media. Oh, and for eventually sure. Eventually that hits the locker for room. For sure. And you, sometimes you just want to give the guy what they want. Like, hey, if he don't want to be here, I don't want him here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, 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 you know, it's not like a quarterback position. You don't just – you can't just go draft a quarterback every year and then he be a hit. Right. You can you – can, you can so what I would do, even if you if you if it's a real good running backs there, you know a J.K. Dobbins, a Jonathan Taylor, you know DeAndre Swift, and you do get him early, you can also pair him with a guy that's either undrafted or pick one up in the seventh round. It's easy to get seventh round picks now, and you get these guys, and as long as you have the line, these guys can run behind. Yeah, them. you can almost plug and play him. Um, I want Mixon back. I like Mixon. He's done very well. You know, he had the uh, the issue coming out of college. Hasn't had any issues since. Um, I think that the plan, though, the plan should be to to sign him on a fair deal that's fair for both parties. Um, like I said, I think he's a big locker room piece, but always, I think always draft a running back. Yeah. You know, I got, early rounds. And I know mm. he's, and it's almost like I know he's cheap, and I just kind of want to keep him on the Bengals here. I know he's cheap, but I I just think Geo's so expandable. I think they could lose Geo and not miss him, you know, and just replace him with the undrafted guy. They absolutely get, could, or, you know, somebody with a backup there. But Geo is on that money to where it's okay to keep him at this point. Yeah, um, but yeah. So that's just kind of where I'm at. Good, uh, good question, John. But I just outside of the top. Four or five, I, I don't like paying any running back, honestly. Yeah, so so my direct answer to that would be if you can sign him to a fair deal, great. If you can't and he's kind of pricing himself out of the market, I think you move on and, and look at a running back second, third round next year, depending on how the class shapes out. So that would be my direct answer for that. I think that's uh, all we have for you guys today. We had a lot of fun. Thanks again to everybody that tuned into our draft coverage. That was over three hundred viewers, man. We more than I thought, you guys, man. That was. <laughs> That was awesome, and we're just we're we're tickled that you guys could, you know, enjoy the draft with us, man. It was we needed that, you know, just as a 
in the sports world, man. We needed something, and the NFL was able to provide it. And thank you guys for getting in and listening to us and getting on the on the YouTube chat and and chatting. And uh, you know, I hope we could answer all your guys' questions. But man, that was fun. Yeah, I tried to keep up with them the best I could. They were coming in quick, and I will um, give a shout out to Andy Dalton one more time. His jersey is hanging up here in the locker room. I'm not mad at you, buddy. It was just time to go. Tune in to us next week. Locker Room Talk Uncut. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.